Welcome to the HR Ins and Outs for Small Business Podcast. My name is Matt Filer. I'm with my co-host, Cindy Filer, and we're from the team at Innovated Outsourcing. We are a hiring and HR firm uh, that specializes in helping small businesses. Uh, And today we are in part two of talking about employee engagement. And so first off, I'm going to ask you, uh, Mom, can you go over again what employee engagement is and maybe some of the stats behind it? Uh, And then we can get into five through 12 on our list of of things that we need to be doing um, to emphasize that employee engagement in small business. Absolutely. So a recap of our podcast one on this. Um, is that the definition of employee engagement is those who are involved in, enthusiastic about, and committed to their work and workplace. So what we found out last time was that 79% of employees are not engaged globally. Uh, so there's a lot of um, a lot of ground to gain on this. And then we were, we also talked about the percentages and the stats from a Gallup poll on why do we focus on it? Well, for those um, employers that have their employees in the top quartile on engagement, they have these stats. Think about this. 41% lower absenteeism, 40% higher quality work, 20% higher sales, 21% higher profitability, and 59% less turnover. So, and what we're talking about is 12 items that, um, that um, from It's the Manager by Jim Clifton, um, that they determined through a survey through thousands of people would make them engaged at their employer. So we, we went through one through four on the first podcast, and these are the first four. Number one, I know it's expected of me at work. Number two, I have the materials and equipment to do my work right. Number three, at work, I have the opportunity to do what I do best every day. And number four, in the last seven days, I have received recognition or praise for doing good work. So yeah. those are our top four. Perfect. So. And so, and the fifth one that we want to start with is my supervisor or someone at work seems to care about me as a person. So I'll speak to this one a little bit. Yeah. So this one's really important because um, we find that um, about 10, 15, 20 years ago, us HR people, we decided to make this arbitrary line between home and work. And we decided because of all the litigious things going on and we didn't want to offend anybody that we just decided that you could not, as a manager, talk anything about their home life. And so we put this big wall up. Well, what this is saying, this number five is saying, is that we have employees that want to be known by their managers, not just for their work product. They want somebody to care about them. They want somebody to ask them, how did Johnny do in a baseball game? They want somebody to ask them and kind of care, like, what did they do this weekend, right? They want them to be known as a whole person, not just as the product of their work. So I think we need to tear down that wall and make sure that these people are really known as people. So our hiring managers need to start taking people to lunch and asking them how their life is. You know, again, we got to stay away from the litigious things, like we're not going to ask them where they went to church or, you know what sex of person they're dating. You know, we're just not going to do those things that are going to get us in trouble. But we're not going to shy away from asking them how their mom is that's in the hospital or their how their son did on that baseball game. So again, we need to make sure that our supervisors are very much pouring into our people. Um, so good questions for your supervisors or managers are, you know, have you taken your, your, your people out individually for a cup of coffee in the last six months or lunch? 
You know, are you spending any time with? I think you would be surprised at how many people don't do that. No, they don't. Like, don't do that at all. Don't think about it when we tell them that. You know what they say? Oh, I didn't have time. Yeah. Oh, well, you didn't have time to get 59% less turnover. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of sympathy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those, these are the things that if you do these things, they will come back at you with spades. So I think it's really, really important that you, you spend some time. Yeah. And that's what you say usually, right? You know, if you focus an hour a week on your people, whether you're a manager, whether you're the CEO, COO, anyone that you have people that report to you, on a proactive basis. On a proactive basis, you should be spending an hour a week um, just even strategizing on what that looks like. Um, but that leads us into number six, which is kind of similar, but there's someone at work who encourages my development. Uh, speak a little bit to that and why that's so important. Yeah, people want to be developed. People want to know that um, it's not just about the output, but that you care about them. I always say that we get people at this one point in their careers we may get them for two months. We get them, may get them for 10 years. When they leave, they need to be better than when they came. And that's our opportunity. That's the joy of being a manager of people is that we get to see them grow, learn, and adapt. And unless we're developing them, um, they aren't doing that. So make sure that you are developing your people, even if it's a book study at lunch. If everybody gets the ideal team player or um, they get raving fans and we talk about a book, it's a cheap way to do it. Or you can you know, there's so many great internet courses. There's some great um, supervisor training programs um, that we can help your people go through or some leadership development programs. These are so important. They can be cheap. They can be expensive. Um, but the the key is that you are trying to let them know that you want to encourage their development and giving them time to do that. Yeah. And I think that kind of rolls into number seven as well. Like at work, my opinions seem to count. Yeah, this isn't just the, you know, the the box outside the manager's office that never gets looked at and they put in the little pieces of paper that said, you know, like, I want to change the parking spot. Great episode of The Office on that. So oh, everyone check into that. There is, a, there is a good episode of The Office on that. But, you know, it's important for us to then um, really make sure that they know that we're we're interested in their suggestions. You know, there, there's all kinds of stats that the best suggestions come from your frontline workers. And so if we're listening to them, and then we communicate back to them, hey, thanks so much for this, you know, this great suggestion. We couldn't make that work this time because of cost, but, or gosh, look, everybody, you know, Angela made this great suggestion and we've changed the entire way we do payables in our company, you know? So um, again, uh, important to ask for their opinions and then act on them. Yeah. And I think, so number eight, I always uh, joke about, because this is a very millennial Gen Z one, but- uh, the mission or purpose of my company makes me feel my job is important, right? So I think that's one thing that we're telling companies all the time that are wanting to hire anywhere from 23 to 30-year-olds, right? They want to feel like their work has purpose and what they're doing. And even if you're in an accounting office, how it relates to helping the world, you know, you almost have to make up what you're what you're doing to help the world, help a company, help a nonprofit. Uh, speak a little bit to, to that one. Yeah, I mean, it's our job as leaders to take the mission of our company and the mission of the world and connect it to the employee. So if they're the janitor of the company, we need to make them feel that they are so important because they are in the whole process about making the widget or giving the service that we give as in a company. And then we need to explain to them why the company, the service or the product that we offer is helping the world. It doesn't mean that we all need to work for the Red Cross, but it does mean that we need to be able to tell our story 
to these people so that they understand when they come to work every day that they're not just doing a thing. They're doing a thing that makes a huge difference. And they want to feel a part of that. Yes, for the millennials, like Matt was talking about, but yes, for people that are, I'm 57. Yes, for people that are my age too. We all want to feel like, gosh, it's not just about making money. So how do we make sure that happens? Yeah. And then number nine is my associates or fellow employees are committed to doing quality work. Yeah. So this goes to another podcast we talked about with the three lists. So if you haven't heard that one yet, you need to go back to that one. But if we have somebody on list number three, which is that, gosh, they are terrible employees list for many reasons, either they're for their attitude or for how much they work, those kind of things, then we need to exit them from the company or make them a great employee. Um, leaving them in a bad state the uh, as a bad employee um, makes other people not want to work at your company. So if you continually pardon bad behavior or bad work and other people have to take the slack for that or see somebody with a bad attitude continually doing well at your company, then that is an employee engagement killer. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. And then the next one is kind of a, a you know, a little bit of a gushy one, but this one is one that we hear over and over and over again. And it's, I have a best friend at work. And, you know, what we're telling people right now who are wanting to do fully remote teams is that this is one of the bigger ones that we see of why people stay. Yeah. You know, I don't know about the rest of you, but I know I had a job that I stayed at longer than I probably would have just because I had somebody that I wanted to come in and talk to every day. So again, are we creating opportunities for people to make friends at work? You know, are we creating um, opportunities to have Friday breakfast and to have some social stuff so that they can find those best friends? It's not our responsibility, but creating an atmosphere where people like each other, that is our responsibility. Yeah, and and we don't mean by this, like you got to put two people in a room and they can't come out until they're best friends. You know, that's, that's not what we're saying. But you need to create those opportunities, those moments that, you know, if you do offsites, I think those are, you know, we say that's a huge one. Yeah. Um, if you're doing, you know, little events, not nonprofit work, um, people, you know, if you're, if you're helping with a food pantry, you know, you can really get to know someone if you're kind of, if you're working alongside them. So um, creating opportunities to have that best friend at work and people that they can text, you know, when they're not at work, uh, that keeps people there for longer um, and we're seeing that the more and more that are remote teams and don't have friends at work, they're not staying as long because the first time they see dollar signs that are bigger than what you're giving them, they're going to jet. Yep. Um, the second to last one is in the last six months, someone at work has talked to me about my progress. Yeah. So we used to say once a year, do a formal review. Now we're saying twice a year, do a formal review. So again, this is a review where I can talk to your employees and they would know that they had a review. It's amazing that this is something I need to clarify, but you know, a lot of times I'll go to one of my clients and they're like, oh yes, I, I do a review once every 12 months. And then I'll talk to the employee at that location and the employee will say, I haven't had a review in five years. And I'm like, huh, so there's something amiss here. And so it gets down to, oh, I kind of told the guy he was doing a good job at lunch the other day. Okay, well, that's not a review. A review is where you actually have in writing, you know, the things that they um, have done well. You ask for their hopes and dreams. You talk about development. You talk about any areas that they may need to improve upon. Um, We have a whole podcast we're going to be doing on reviews because I think it's one of the most important things. People should be so excited for the reviews. They should be like, 
counting down the days until the review because it's so positive and affirming. So again, if you haven't done those reviews lately, make sure that you do. And make sure you try to do them once every six months, at the minimum once every 12 months. Perfect. And then the last one is in this last year, I've had opportunities to learn and grow. Yeah, we go back to, um, it's a little bit like number six, which is the development. Um, But learn and grow could mean, um, for example, if there's something that they do, let's say that they are um, an accountant in your company, but they want to learn something new. So, you know, one of the talks that you've had in one of your reviews is that they have an interest in finding some more about human resources. And so you allow them to work with the HR people, say, you know, five hours a month and learn to do some of the HR stuff and maybe take on some of those roles. So again, what are we doing to cross train our people to make sure that they're learning and growing? Because what we find is if we leave them in a job too long, that they are unengaged, they're bored. They don't want to do that job anymore. So again, if you don't have jobs that are like accountant one, accountant two, accountant three, that they can move up to, make sure that you give them opportunities to do something new. Make sure that they are growing into a new area that they always wanted to be in. And you need to ask them those questions during the reviews to know where they want to grow. Yeah. And so those are the 12 things that we have that impact employee engagement. Uh, Hopefully you'll be able to, you know, you may not be able to do all of these, um, but, you know, maybe you can do some of these. Yeah. Make sure that you um, also look at that book called um, It's the Manager um, by Jim Clifton. That is a great book to start with. You uh-huh. didn't love it at first. I and didn't. Then we okay. ended up loving it. Right. So I don't love the book. Well, I didn't love the part of the book. I love the information in the book. Yeah. You just got to get through reading. Dry it. read. Yeah. Dry read. Good information. It's my favorite. But I really love the information. So I would definitely take it. Take a look at it. Um, also, I think just knowing these things, knowing these 12 things are absolutely critical. And are you talking about them? Interestingly enough, the last thing I'll leave you with is are you talking to your managers and as part of their review you interviewing your managers or you reviewing your managers is part of their review how they've done at these 12 things are you asking them how many people have you taken to lunch are you creating opportunities where they can learn and grow are you asking them their opinions you know what are you doing on this level because if in fact you want to keep and retain your employees if you want to make productive employees if you want to have a high employee engagement scores, which leads to all kinds of good things, then you need to require, not just ask, require of your managers that they do these 12 things. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening uh, to this episode of the podcast, this part two of employee engagement. If you would like, subscribe um, and comment on our podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, we would really appreciate it. And if you have any HR questions, we would love to hear them. We'd love to be able to talk through what's going on in your small business. And we really appreciate your time. And we hope you have a great rest of your day.